If you've got a Bible, go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. So we're going to start this morning. Um, Let's pray and we'll get going. Father, we thank you for this morning and this time to, uh, to spend together in the Word and singing and fellowship. Father, I pray that you would um, invade this place this morning, speak through me this morning, um, that hearts may be transformed and you would be made much of. We love you. Pray, that, pray this in your holy and precious name. Amen. <clears throat> All right. Um, have, have you guys noticed that male culture is somewhat broken in our world. And, and, and I get those of you guys are going to say, well, the entire culture is broken. I, I agree with you. But what I want to try to narrow down on this morning, if you've noticed or not, over the last two years, my focal point has been more on men. Uh, I've taken over the men's ministry here, doing men's things uh, around the country, um, and focusing in on men's ministry. So I want to make it from that perspective. Doesn't mean it doesn't apply to the ladies, um, but you guys can. Uh, it, it's it's applicable to everyone. But we're going to specifically focus on some different things here, men-wise, um, culture-wise. Men are broken, and if you can fix men's culture, everything else fixes itself. You don't have. If you get healthy men, you get healthy wives. You get healthy children. Um, so that's where I want to try to focus on. It seems like everything is upside down. Um, things that used to be valued aren't valued anymore. And if you read in Second Timothy chapter 3, it sort of kind of goes through this, and we're going to look at this for just a few minutes here. Second Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1. But understand this, that in the last days there will come difficulty. For people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, they're brutal, not loving good, they're treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They have an appearance of godliness, but they're denying the power. Um, now, I want to focus in for just a few minutes on this verse, and then we're going to go to the answer. Um, can you guys say with me, affiliated but not activated? I want you guys to say that real loud. Ready? Affiliated but not activated. I, I believe without, with everything in my being, we have men. I mean, there's millions of men sitting in churches everywhere in the country. And, a lot, and some of these churches are God-fearing, Bible-believing churches. And we've got men that are sitting in the pews, but many men are affiliated with church. They're affiliated with the Bible, and they're affiliated with Jesus. But the problem is that they're not activated for Jesus, and they're not activated for um, His cause and His mission. His mission. An active, uh, affiliated man is a man who's going to hold on to anger. He gets someone offends him. He holds on to anger in an aggressive format. It's my right to be angry, and if I want to be angry, I'm going to be angry. Um, an activated man understands that when he's offended, that he is to forgive 
because he understands and he grasps the idea that Jesus has forgiven him of much. So because he's been forgiven of much, he is to forgive much. Amen? Amen? Come on. Um, An affiliated man looks at church as though it's something that it's his duty. You know, I went to church this Sunday. And an affiliated man looks at it as his sort of kind of his thing, and if I can just make it till noon, I'll be okay. An activated man is going to be a man who longs for the community, longs for the fellowship, longs for the worship. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I like it here. Amen? I, I like fellowship with the people here. Um, and outside of here, fellowshipping with other believers. I mean, last night was a hoot. I mean, I had a. It, as long as Dale doesn't have a camera, we're totally fine. But it's, if when he gets a camera, everything goes south. I'm just. That's just. That's all I'm gonna say. <clears throat> Amen, Donna. <laughs> but here's the thing: when we got and we have activated men in the church, when that starts to happen, our culture looks down on men who are leading their families in this direction. Um, when you get men who are activated for the cause and the mission of Jesus Christ, they're looked upon as um, crazy. When they start standing for biblical principles, when they have a priority of making sure that their wife and children aren't just in church, but they are being the church, it, it, it turns into something where people look at you with a sort of a slanted eye and they say, oh, you're one of those. Oh, you... Your focal point. I mean, I've got people in my life who say to me on a regular basis, all you do is, I mean, why do you like church so much? I said, man, because I understand what Jesus did for me and who Jesus is, and I, I get who I am, and without Jesus, I have nothing. So it is, it is my desire beyond anything else to worship him, to spread his gospel, to share with as many people as I possibly can the saving, incredibly life-transforming message of the gospel. Amen? And so that, that's my desire. And, and, and it's just funny how I look at our culture and everything makes men out to be complete, blundering idiots. I mean, media has done this. How many of you guys know, ever watched Disney? I have four children, so Disney sort of kind of something we watch occasionally. And those the sitcoms that they have have the the these it's kids sitcoms. It's related it's like iCarly and different things like that, where the men are portrayed as bumbling fools who don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to have a relationship with their children. They don't know how to talk to their wives. They just sort of kind of. Just, and they just have this look on their face every time this sort of kind of deer in the headlights look. Every every chance they get. The the woman is looked upon as just she's always dressed nice, where the men, they can't even match. I mean, they've got clothes on, and like they wear stripes and plaids, and and that just, you know, they look like they don't know how to the women are always dressed to the nines, they're beautiful, elegant, communicate well. And and the the center of the nucleus of this family is the genius Einstein child. I mean, they're just I mean, they they've discovered how to cure cancer. I mean, they know I mean they're just they're they're the brainiac of the entire unit. And and the men are sort of kind of just the comic relief. And 
we fed into this. And for, and for decades and decades and decades, we've watched this on the screen, and it's been propagandized into our brains. So we as men are like, well, that's just how we're supposed to act. This is just what we're supposed to do. I'm just the idiot. I can't even take a shopping list to, to, the, to Walmart and get it right. My wife's got to tattoo it on my forehead. You know, that's, just, that's, the, that's the way we look at men. Um, so as a result of us believing the lie that Satan's poked in, Satan has put his foot in just a little bit back 30, 40 years ago into, into media, into culture, and he's done that. And as a result of doing that, we've believed it. We, we believe this lie. And now male culture is broken. And we desperately, desperately, desperately need men who know what it means to be a man. Not just not just the Tim Allen man, but I'm talking like a man who is biblically founded. Amen? And that if we have that, this is how it's going to transform everything. And I will tell you this, every man is like a stick of dynamite. They have a, a, a blast zone radius in their potential. John Copeland works with guys on an almost everyday basis where their blast zone is not exactly good, right? They, they have these blast zones, and because of the things that they do, their blast zones have impacted women, impacted children, and they have damaged women, and they have damaged children almost beyond repair. And because of what they do, a lot of times John has to put them in what's called a handcuff mode. And they don't get, the, they don't get the, a lot of options. Because they've, they've made certain choices and they're damaging people. So every man has a potential. Every man has a blast zone potential. One, it's either going to be for God and the furthering of his kingdom. Or it's going to be for self and the furthering of this world. And unfortunately, men in general, we have as a whole, bought this lie, hook, line, and sinker, that if, you know, I don't need to stand up for anything. I don't need to do anything. I just do, I'll just do my own thing. And if, I just, if I'm quiet long enough and I just sit back in the shadows long enough, it'll be okay. If I can just make it through. I'm going to tell you this. We aren't going to make it through unscathed. I don't care who you are. If you're a man or a woman or a boy or a girl, you're not going to, if, you, if you love Jesus Christ, you're not going to make it through this world unscathed. There's going to be suffering. But according to Romans chapter 8, it's going to be the suffering of this present time is going to be, oh, it's going to be amazing once we get past that. But in our culture, when you hear the phrase, act like a man, what, what are some of the things that come to mind? Used to, when I was a kid, when I think of act like a man, I thought of maybe people that are mechanics or hunting, fishing, things like that. If you just go to Google and Google the word act like a man and click on Google images, oh my goodness. Some of the things that pull up are just mind-boggling. Just a lot of flesh, a lot of um, drugs, a lot of just things that are just silly. Just I looked through it and I was just I, I did I just Google act like a man clicked on Google images and I was like oh my goodness this is what our culture is called men this is what we are we got all these different things there's a lot of alcohol ads there's a lot of um, not a nudity a lot of, I mean there's a lot of stuff in there I was like oh my goodness we got to get out of this this is bad and so this is what it says to act this is what it means cultural wise in our world to act like a man but if you go to First Corinthians with me go to First Corinthians chapter sixteen. 
1 Corinthians chapter 16. We're going to talk about for just a minute what it looks like to be a man from a biblical foundation. Because if we can get, we'll talk about, I'll get there, we'll get there. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong and let all that you do be done in love. I mean, this is the formula for godly men. And what our world is crying out for in a whole scale level are men who are not just boys who can shave, but they're men who are going to step into an arena and not going to just be affiliated with Jesus. They're going to be activated for Jesus. And so this is your formula for men to become activated for Jesus. This is the, so this is the man who calls himself a Christian. You're a Christian. You're to be watchful. Men are called to lead, provide, and protect. That's what we're here for. That's why we're, we're been charged by God. When God created Adam, he said, here's the garden. Tend it. Here's the here's the here's your wife. Take care of her. And if you read in, in in Genesis, what does Adam do? Does Adam take care of his wife? No. Satan comes and tempts Eve. And for the longest time, when I was growing up, I thought maybe Adam was somewhere in the garden, just you know, roaming around with a shovel or something, looking for something new, tending the garden, playing with the animals. And Satan sort of kind of snuck up on Eve by herself. And I thought that for a long time. And then I actually read it, and it it's completely. It says, "Let's just look at it. I'll just read it to you real quick, because that way you see it. That way, because I mean, this is where I, I thought for a long time that this is what it so." Okay, it's in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and the tree um, was to be desired and to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. Okay? And then what happens? And she also, I thought she had to go find Adam. Like, Adam, look, I just ate this thing. It's just amazing. You should try it. I thought she had to go out and find him. But no, look at this. She also gave some to her husband who was where? With her. And what did he do? He ate it. Coward. Good grief. Oh, what did God just say? What did God, don't eat it. Don't, don't eat it. I mean, that's, I mean, it's an easy one. But then again, I have boys and I have children. And how many times have we as parents had to say, don't eat the cookies before dinner. And what typically happens? Why do you have crumbs in your mouth? Well, eat a cookie. I told you not to eat a cookie. Don't know. But that was what, what, what God charged Adam with was to lead, protect, and provide for his family and for the, the garden. And, and it's all you need to do. Don't eat the fruit. That's my only rule. Don't eat the fruit. And the wife crunches into the, into the, into the fruit and the man just standing there, and he put he took on, I, I'm going to call it the Disney persona. I don't know. And he, 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 he ate it. He ate. Wow. Men are called to be leaders. What's it say? It says, be watchful. We are the watchmen on the tower, men. We are to be the men who are guarding our families, guarding our children, guarding our churches. There's a, lot of things, a lot of times we just say, guarding the Word of God. 
lot of times we think, oh, just a physical aspect. There are wolves in sheep's clothing who are coming through this thing and slicing it up all over the place and having doctrinal error creep into our churches. We need men who are going to be watchful for that. Amen? Amen? We need to have men who are going to step up and say, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore because in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, all Scripture is God-breathed. Amen? Not just some, but all Scripture is God-breathed. So we need men to provide and protect there. It says, stand firm in the faith. That's our next thing here. It says, stand firm in the faith. Men are called to stand up for biblical morality. We just in Sunday school we were just we're just looking at, we're doing the David Barton series in Sunday school and we're re, we're watching this video and some of the things that are just if men would just stand up for what they should Christian men would just stand up for what the Bible says is right half of the things we're dealing with in our culture we would never have to deal with Amen if if, if men who say they love Jesus and aren't just if, if men would stop being affiliated with Jesus and just showing up on Sunday mornings and that being their their it I came to church on Sunday morning. I'm done. I did my thing. No, you need to be more than just affiliated with this thing. You need to be activated because if you're activated, you're moving in a direction that is godly. Amen? And, and so what we need is we need men who are going to stand up for biblical morality. And for some reason, we have begun to have to apologize for what the Bible says is right. The Bible says, okay, it's good for a man not to touch a woman. Don't touch a woman, men. It's good not to do any... It, Jesus says, don't have lust in your heart, men. Don't do it. Jesus says, don't go these directions. Don't follow your passions. Don't make provision for the flesh. And what are we as men doing? We just heap it around us. Oh. Man, it's like if I said, you know what? I'm an alcoholic. Um... I'm an alcoholic, and, and you looked in my cupboard, and I had a whole rack of wine and alcohol. You said, Caleb, why, would you, why are you making a, you could stumble and fall all over this thing. Why are you, well, I, I'll, be, I'll be okay. I'll be all right. No, you, you're an alcoholic. You shouldn't touch this stuff. You should stay away from it. You should, oh, well, it'll be okay. It, I can handle it. No, if you're not, you, know, you can't handle it. That's like saying that I've got a basket of, of, of copperheads. And I just reach down every once in a while and pet them. Maybe I won't get bit today. Maybe I won't get bit tomorrow. But eventually I'm going to get bit. Amen? And, and that's going to hurt. And so God set out provisions for us. He says, okay, do this. Live this way. This is how I want you to live. And now what we have to do is, as the church, as the men in the church, what we begin to have to do is apologize for standing up for what the Bible says is right. And we also... Vice versa, we have to start apologizing for what the Bible says is wrong. And we might offend somebody. No, it, it's bad to kill a baby. Okay? You, you kill a baby, what's the scripture? What does the Ten Commandments say? Thou shalt not what? You shouldn't murder. I mean, that's a basic one. Don't, don't kill people. And from what the Bible says, if you, if you believe the Bible, life begins at conception. And I don't apologize for believing that. And if you believe the Bible, the Bible says that God put a man and a woman together for a consent purpose of showing his love for the church, his love for his bride, and to cultivate our culture. 
And so what has Satan done is he's twisted this and says, oh no, it's okay for, you know, you're married to whatever you want. You like, you like women, you like men, whatever. You like dogs, okay, cool, whatever. No, that, that's what the Bible says this is wrong. I shouldn't have to, as a Christian man, apologize for standing up for what is right. Amen? We shouldn't have to apologize for this. Husbands, we're, we're, we're to be strong. What's, and this is, this is pretty simple and basic here. Act like men. How, how do we act like men? What's the proving ground for manly, manliness according to the Scriptures? A man who... Oh, well, let's just look at it. Look at this. Go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. It says, Have I not commanded you? So this isn't like a, hmm, if you want to do this, you can. If you think you might want to do this, you can do this. No, it says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you. Don't, don't be afraid, men. What we need to be as men, what's the proving ground for manliness, is leading your family. There's a lot of you, there's some men in church, so they'll, they'll pray with anybody in this building. I mean, they'll stand up and they'll pray their eloquent prayers. They'll do their thing. But when it comes time to go home and pray with your wife and your children, most men typically don't pray with their wives. And if that's the one person you want to pray with, man, good grief. I love praying with my wife. We prayed last night. She, I mean, it's, not, it's not a difficult thing. We crawled into bed and I, and she, and I just like, so let's pray. And boom, we prayed and it was awesome. Pray with my kids. I love praying with my, my daughter, my sons. And I pray with them all the time. Now, is it, is it bad if you miss occasionally? I mean, you might miss. But if it's a consistent thing where you're on your knees praying that God is going to transform your children's lives, you're going to transform your wife's life, there is power in that. Amen? There is power when you as a man stand up for the weak. You stand up for those who can't be stood up for. I mean, the scripture calls us as men to do this. Not, not to just stand aside and just, eh, whatever. Husbands should be praying with their wives. They should be praying with their kids. This is the proving ground for real masculinity and real strength. Amen? And what our churches need to be doing, and I love it that our church is doing this, our church needs to be pouring into men's ministries. We've bought the lie, hook, line, and sinker, that we should dump Tens of thousands, I know churches that are dumping tens of thousands of dollars into youth ministry. Tens of thousands of dollars into youth ministry. I'm not necessarily against youth ministry. Man, I'm, I'm a product of youth ministry, but I'm going to tell you this. You know why I'm who I am? I had a healthy spiritual father. That's why I am where I am. It's not because, um, oh wow, just, you know, this is who I am. I had a healthy spiritual father who's sitting in this room right now. That's where I was. And if we've dumped these tens of thousands of dollars in youth ministry and seven out of ten of these high schoolers are walking away from the faith by the time they're done. If we dumped tens of thousands of dollars into helping men become spiritually and emotionally healthy, if you've got spiritually and emotionally healthy dads, nine times out of ten, you're going to have a healthy wife, 
healthy children. Now, I, I get it. Eventually, there's going to be some people that are going to make their Everybody's got the power of choice. I get that. And some people, kids, when they leave, they're just going to make some choices that they don't want to, you know, that's just the way it is. But if you've got an activated man for the cause of Christ, you've got an activated man who is pouring into his children's lives this book and pouring into his children's lives a, a, an example of a relationship with Jesus. Not, not a religious Jesus. I'm talking a relationship with Jesus. This is where you're going to have transformation. One transformed man, say this one to me, one transformed man transforms many things. Say that with me. One transformed man transforms many things. If we have one man, you say, well, what? I'm just one guy. What can I do? I can't do anything. Yeah, one man can, tra can change a lot of things. Adolf Hitler. Stalin. Jesus. One man can make a difference. So don't believe that lie that, oh, I'm just one man. I can't do anything. One man who is transformed by the power of the gospel can do amazing things. God took 12 men, and look what happened. You're here, right? You know why you're here? Because those 12 men said, I'm not going to shut up. I'm not going to back down. I'm going to continue. I'm going to move on. And our churches, if we moved into this realm where we poured into our men, the women's ministry would be vibrant and healthy. Because if you've got a healthy husband, your wife is automatically, I mean, nine times out of ten, you're going to have a pretty healthy wife. And that's what we need. And just think of the good things that would come out of this if this would happen. If men stepped into their roles, if men stepped out of, out of just being affiliated with Jesus and stepped into being activated for Jesus. Because if we, if we step into being activated for Jesus, it's no longer just something we do on Sundays. Because this is the problem is we've got so many men who say this is just what I do on Sundays. And what we need so desperately is men who are going to step out and say, I'm going to do this not just here, but when I leave here, I'm going to take the kingdom to others. Amen? I, I want to take the gospel to those who are not hearing the gospel. And yeah, I'll get it. Sometimes there are people who are not going to listen to you. But you cannot allow that to dismay you. Because all Jesus told you to do is say, go. Say, go. Jesus, Jesus doesn't, he doesn't look at you and say, well, you need to have a PhD and you have to have this, 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 this. And he qualifies the called, amen? People say, well, you don't know my past. You don't know where, I, where I've been, what I've done. I do know this, that Jesus will take you where you're at if you simply just say, Lord, I want to be used by you. I no longer want to just be an affiliated man with you. Because what did it say in, in, in Timothy? They had an appearance of godliness, but no power. So if we've got men who are affiliated with Jesus, no wonder we're having problems in our world. No wonder we're having problems in our world. We need men who are activated for Jesus. Activated. And once you're activated, this will move you into a direction that is going to bring about transformation. And not just your life, but the lives of those that you touch and that are you're around. I'm going to pray.
um, I would like us to stand. I know that we're going, we have a special thing that's going to happen this morning, so I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to hand this back over to our pastor to finish out. Father, thank you for this morning. Um, God, I pray that you would challenge us as men and as uh, women as well, not to just be affiliated with you, but to be activated for you and to be used by you for your glory and for your um, name being made much of. God, I, I pray in the name of Jesus that I, as a man in this church, would no longer just sit on the sidelines and just be affiliated, but I would be activated, Jesus. I, I need that. I need your help. I need you. No, I don't need your help. I need you just to take over. We love you. Pray this in your beautiful name. And all God's people said. Amen.